Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Well, tonight I've got something that I want to share with you. And I I guess my message title uh, would be a question to you tonight. And that is, have you forgotten about your benefits? Have you forgotten about your benefits? And I'm going to share with you out of the book of Psalms 103. You can go ahead and turn there. But I began to to look at that scripture. Now, this is one of my favorite scriptures. So I've read it a lot. I've shared it a lot when I pray with people and that kind of thing. But do you know how when God comes in and he gives you a rhema word, do you know what I'm talking about? When something is fresh and new and you begin to see things uh, in a different light. Do you know what I mean? Well, now I'm just going to have to get real loud tonight if y'all don't wake up. Okay, Eddie says you're awake, so he doesn't want me to yell. But no, I, I won't do that anyway. So there are benefits when you serve God and when you become a believer, God opens up benefits that are made available to you. Now, just because you have the benefits doesn't mean that you appropriate or use the benefits. But tonight, I want uh, you to just think with me, if you would please, for a moment. And I want you to think about if you were turning in a resume, you know, people are looking for jobs uh, right now. You know, a lot of people are unemployed. And if you, uh, you know, were to get your resume ready and you turn it in, there's certain companies and there's certain positions uh, that you, you know, that are more desirable and you really want that job. And usually, why do you usually want that job? Number one, because it pays well, of course. But what else do you consider? the benefits and desirable jobs that have good benefits, everybody wants to go after them, right? And so when you have benefits, what what do you think about? You think about uh, good insurance. Uh, That would mean dental and health insurance that, you know, might pay it for you or pay half of it. That would be a good benefit. Would you agree with me? All right. And then not only that, you know, another benefit might be retirement where they contribute into your retirement. And you know, if you stay with that company, that good company with good benefits and you retire, you're going to have some uh, a retirement place back for you when you get ready to retire. Right. And so that's desirable. And you like that. I like that. You know, when you think about that and not only that, then you'll have good vacation. You know, some jobs, they don't have any benefits. It's just you come to work, you work, and you get paid, but there are absolutely no benefits. But then some jobs, the desirable that I'm talking about here, they have a lot of good benefits. Vacation, you know, when you've been there, 
a certain period of time and it continues to build up and you get more and more uh, uh, benefits and, and holidays and things like that. And so that is very desirable. Well, I want to tell you that God gives us benefits in the kingdom of God. We come to the Lord. We are born again. We receive and accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We give our heart to Him. We turn our lives over to Him to serve Him. I'm not just talking about hell insurance, but I'm talking about we really give our life to Him. And in return, we get eternal life. And then besides that, then we get all these benefits, the package that comes with it. But so many times we're not using the package. We're not appropriating and we're not tapping in to the package that God gives us. But tonight, I just want to share a few things and you ask the question. You know, you ask yourself the question, have you forgotten the benefits? You know, only you can answer that. Maybe some of you are living, uh, you know, in, in the uh, victory, and you know that you're tapping into those benefits, and some of you, you know, maybe a little bit, maybe not. Others, totally not at all. And if you find yourself in the place that I was in years ago, I didn't even know that there was benefits. And when I began to read the Bible and I began to hear preaching that shared the benefits with me, I began to think, what in the world have I been believing for all these years? I believe you must be born again. And every week, you must be born again. Do we need to hear that truth? I'll say a big amen. We need to hear more of it, really, today. You know, it's, uh, you know the gospel's so watered down. But I'm just going to tell you, if that that is all you hear like me. You must be born again. You must be born again. Look, I'm born again. Now what? God wants to tell us how to live our life. He wants to give us a manual that tells us if you do this, I'll do that. There's a blessing and there's a curse. You remember when the children of Israel were told to get on one side of the mountain and the other, Mount Ebal and Mount Gerizim, you remember that? And, and one represented the blessing and one the curse. Well, we can serve God and live under the curse and forget the benefits. Or we can live under the blessing. But God wants us to know about what we have in Christ as far as eternal life goes. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit. But we got to go beyond that. We've got to go beyond we must be born again. And I can remember, like I said, when I began to hear the truths about the benefits that God had given me, I, I just, I was amazed. I just can't. I just can't tell you when my eyes open to the truth of the Scripture in that when you read the Bible and you can believe what it says and take it for yourself and not just think it, it's some historic antiquated book that doesn't relate to where we are today. I'm so glad that Jesus was a man just like we are and He went through everything that we go through and then He told us how to live victoriously over the circumstances. Can you say amen? amen? So let's just read here in Psalms 103. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, verse number one, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Do you know that praise and worship unto God is something that the children of God, the believers in Jesus Christ, that we should be doing is praising the Lord? You know, when we come in here and we have a service, blessing and praising God is just not an option, or it's, you know, God doesn't force us to do it, but he says that we're to bless his name and give praises unto the Lord. And so when we come in together in collective worship, you know, we're to lift up holy hands. We're to bow knees. We're to, uh, you know, sing uh, our songs of praise and worship unto the Lord. That's what God tells us to do. And, you know, I found if I praise him in my prayer closet, when I come out and get with other people, the people of God, it's easier to give him praise. You know, it is. Um, I can remember there was a time in my life where I was embarrassed to lift my hands and praise the Lord. It just seemed like they wouldn't go up further than this, you know. But, you know, I'm so glad that I'm free to worship Him now. And if you're bound in your worship, allow Him to set you free and to give praise and glory unto His name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Just begin to put that in your mouth. And sometimes he says, give the sacrifice of praise. You know what that means? You praise him even though you don't feel like it. You praise him even though you don't feel like you've got the victory. You praise him in the midst of your affliction. You praise him in the midst. That's how, you know, uh, the disciples, uh, Paul and Silas, got out of their problems by praising the Lord. Amen? That's really not what I was going to talk about, but that's good, isn't it? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, listen, and forget not all his benefits. Let's read that verse number two together. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, I like how it says that there. Forget not all his benefits. See, God is not one of these people that just gives you a few benefits. Forget not all his benefits. In other words, there's a fullness to the benefits that God gives his people. And it's not just a few, it's not just a trickle, but it's all, it's a lot, it's many, it's a multitude of benefits that when you accept Jesus, that he makes available and brings into your life. And so he says, be be careful to not forget his benefits. Now, if he tells us not to forget it, then that must mean um, that there is the possibility to forget them and leave them behind and you go your merry way living your life and you live them without experiencing the benefits of God. Forget not all his benefits. That, that reminds me of Deuteronomy, doesn't it, you? You know, when you build your houses and, you know, good things are happening, beware lest you forget the Lord. See, you can forget things that will help you and that will benefit you. 
You know, the scripture says, keep these things before you, lest you let them slip. And so there are things that can slip out of your life. And I find this so uh, uh, many times has happened in my life. I'll know a truth and, and, you know, I'll know it and it'll live big within me for a while, but maybe I won't read about it. I won't hear about it. There won't be any preaching, you know, that comes across my path where I hear it. And the next thing you know, in that area... There's a deficiency. There's a lack in my life because I've forgotten it. And he said, keep these things before you lest you let them slip. And there's some things, folks, that are major that we need to keep before us. And I'm going to tell you, these benefits that are listed here in Psalms 103, these are things that you constantly and I constantly need to keep before our eyes. It's important to do that. Now listen, I'm, I'm just going to read down through here in verse number five. Uh, and he said, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities, who heals all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, and who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. And so he tells us not to forget all these benefits that are listed here. But again, we can let them slip and that we can let them go away from us. Now, I tell you, it, I do this. You know, every week I get spending money, you know, and this is what I have to do all week, you know. And, and if I go out to lunch or, um, you know, I want to buy a pair of earrings, or, you know, I want to slip somebody a little bit of money, or whatever. This is my stash, okay? And this is what I get for the week. And then, so what I do every week when I get that, I tuck something back, just in case if I get out somewhere, and I've used all that is in my billfold, guess what? I've got the stash, and I know that it's there. And so I can use it, that's why I put it there, but I just stick it back in case I get in a point in time where I really need that. But you know what? I've gone through a drive through before, and, you know, I wanted a Coke or a biscuit or, you know, whatever I wanted, you know. And so I'm going through there, open my billfold up, and guess what? I don't have any cash in there. And then I forgot that my stash was there, and so I think, I don't have any money. So, And I've gone through there before and had to tell them, you know what? I thought I had some money, but I don't have any. But you know what? When I told them I don't have any, I really do have it, but I forgot about it. Well, that's the same way we are. We've got it. It's been tucked back for the time that we need it, but we've forgotten about it, and we've got to get in there and get it back out again to use it and to utilize the Word of God. Amen? And so that's very, very important for us to remember that. Amen? Now, when we think about benefit, I want you to think about an asset that God gives you. A benefit is an asset. It's when He gives you assistance. When you're in need and He gives you assistance. 
He gives you an advantage. If you think about a benefit, it is an advantage. And folks, we as God's people, we're not better than anyone else, but God gives His children an advantage over others. But let me tell you, inside the body of Christ, God is no respecter of men. What he'll do for one, he'll do for another. Then why do we see these great differences made? It's because we don't take the assistance and the advantage that God has given us in our time of need or our time when we find that it's needed. Also, when you think about a benefit, it's, a, it's favor, you know, it's a favor that God gives. It's gain or it's prosperity. It's profit. It's just the extras. See, God has extras that he wants to give you, extra blessing that he wants to give and benefits that he wants to bring into your life. Amen? All right. Now, when... There are times, you know, when you think about a benefit, it means all those things that I've just seen or, or just shared with you. But the, the fact of the matter is, too, on the other side of that, the opposite of that is people, it, it can mean like a handicap. You know, the opposite of, of having benefit can be that you're living in a handicap situation. In other words, you're, you're moving with a limp, so to speak. You're moving with an inability. And see, that's when you're living your Christian life and you are not partaking of these benefits and they've been forgotten. And so we need to, to bring it back out and we need to look for these benefits that have been just like that money that I said that's tucked away in my billfold that I can pull out when I need it. God's got these benefits tucked back. And when we get in a time of misfortune or we get into a time, you know, where we need assistance and we need favor, the benefits are there. Can you say amen? Now, as... Um, I have I read those scriptures to you and, and you know where it talks about that the benefits are he forgives all thine iniquities, he heals all thy diseases, he redeems thy life from destruction, he counts uh, he uh, crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies and he satisfies our mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. And so those are those benefits and just to break it down to you, I sat down and this is what I pulled out of all that. And the benefits that God gives his people, number one, is salvation. He gives us salvation, and that really means deliverance, and he gives us forgiveness. Then he makes a provision for us. He provides for us. Then he gives us healing. That's one of the benefits that he gives to us. And then another one here that we see is protection. And then the last one that's listed here is he renews our youth. He renews our youth and he gives us fullness of strength. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but I like that one. And the older I get, the more I like it. And you know what? I am not just going to see it and say, well, that's good for someone else. I'm believing that for me. I'm believing that for me. 
So tonight, what I want to do is I want to start out, and we won't have time to go through all these. I'll finish that at a later time, but I'm just going to start, and the first one I want to talk about tonight is we're going to look about uh, at this benefit of salvation. And in this benefit of salvation is forgiveness. Now, John 3.16, if you'll put that on the screen for us, and this is a, a very familiar scripture. We're, we're, I had to memorize this when I was a child. But let's look at this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now that is the benefit here that God tells us about. We can have salvation. We can come to the Lord and we can be born again. And he said, whosoever will. In other words, Jesus went to the cross and paid the price for me and you and anyone else in this whole world that will accept and receive him. And so we have salvation if we made Jesus Christ the Lord of our life. And you know, that is a wonderful thing. And I think sometimes, oh yeah, yeah, I know that. But think about how powerful that is, that we were on our way to hell, that we were sinners, and we had no way to pay the price for ourselves, but Jesus said, I'll do it for you, and I'll make a way that you can come into my kingdom, and you can be snatched out of darkness, and you can come into my kingdom. Now, what a wonderful thing that we can be a part of the king's dominion, and we can be a part of the kingdom of God. What a wonderful thing. And we don't need to take it for granted. We need to realize that Jesus had to pay a terrible price, but he did it. And because of that, he made a way to just embrace us and pull us in to his family. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? And so we have eternal life. We have deliverance from hell. You know, we have hell insurance, but it's so much more than that. But I live for years in such fear, you know, that, that maybe after I prayed the prayer of salvation, it really didn't happen. After all, how, how do I know? Because I can't see it, I can't feel it so much. How do I know? You have to take it by faith, putting faith in the Bible that says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I did that. And then salvation came to me. And it became a part of my life. It took me a little while to understand that or, or, you know, to accept it without, you know, still having that fear that was there in my life. It, it, did it really happen? Did it really work? You, you know, maybe you were different than me, but I didn't have a lot of knowledge about how to be born again. And so I struggled through my early years on my salvation. And when I really saw from the scriptures that if I called upon him, he did what he said that he would do, I didn't have to live in fear anymore. And that's a wonderful experience. If you've been the other way and then you realize and understand what he's done fully and you accept it by faith, amen? 
And so we have this salvation, this deliverance. But look here, he also says he forgives all thine iniquities. In other words, there's forgiveness in God to us. Well, you know, so many people think, well, you don't know what I've done, and so I don't know if God can forgive me. He forgives all of thine iniquities. That's our sins. That's the things that can be horribly wrong in our life. Now, I'm going to tell you, some things that people do in life, they're horrible. But Jesus forgives, but they may have to pay the penalty of going to jail or whatever. And then people, individuals may not forgive you, but he forgives all your iniquities. And so we can rest in that. People, I tell you, people sometimes can, you know, just hold things over our head. They won't release and they won't let go and they won't forgive. But they're just holding themselves hostage when they do that because God says, if you don't forgive, I won't forgive you of your trespasses. And so we have to forgive others and then we have to go on. But I'm so thankful that God forgives all our iniquities. We are free from... Uh, from sin. You know, so many times uh, I think about it like this. Before we come uh, to Jesus and before we're born again, I, I just see it as like we're shackled. You know, we're shackled and we're, we're really shackled to the devil. We're really shackled to the devil. And, and you know, when we come to Jesus, <clears throat> that, that's severed. Those chains are severed and we're loosed. But, but I see it like that, with that we're chained, uh, you know, to the devil. And we're chained uh, to uh, sin and we're chained to things of our past. But see, when Jesus comes into our life, he forgives all our iniquities and he releases us and he has the keys to unlock and sever the chains that are in our life. Now, I want to tell you, to be free from sin is something that is powerful. And you need to look at it like this. It is a benefit that God gives. Amen? And that was, a, like I said, a great revelation to me when I uh, accepted and received that. Now, 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess and admit our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse or purify us from all unrighteousness. What a beautiful picture. If we confess or admit our sins. See, the world we live in today has a problem with admitting things. You know, when, when the world, people of the world and even in the church, when they do something, it's always really convenient uh, to pass it off. And say, I wouldn't have done that had it not been. Do you remember Adam and Eve? It's that woman you gave me. See, he started it in the garden. See, you men now. I didn't hear anything, did you? So,
So, but people do not want to take responsibility for what they do and they won't admit things. But see, there's something, there's something cleansing and purifying in our lives. There's a freshness that comes into our life when we will just admit what we've done. Admit what we've said. Admit our actions rather than trying to hide it or make excuses for it. Amen? And so he says, if we confess or admit our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. He is faithful and he will cleanse and he will forgive your sin. And so if you're here tonight and you're living under that cloud of condemnation, you need to stand up and say, in Jesus' name, I plead the blood. And you know what that means? The blood cleanses and your sin. And the Bible says it takes your sin away from you as far as the east is from the west. We're having a therapy session tonight. We need to go in and talk to the counselors many times. And I don't have anything against that. I think they can help you a lot of times. But I'm telling you, if you'll take partake of the benefit that I'm talking about tonight here in 1 John 1, 9, you'll receive a purification. You'll receive a cleansing. You'll receive forgiveness. And that cloud that has been over your life cannot stay there anymore. Amen? Amen. So I'm so thankful for that. But he purifies us from all. Everybody say all. All All unrighteousness. Not a few things are, you know, are excluded from the package. But he said all of our unrighteousness. Amen? Amen? I'm so thankful for that. And he talks about that, you know, again, I I said that our sins are removed as far as the east from the west. And, you know, uh, we're whiter, you know, than snow, the Bible says. And our sins are removed and cleansed. And then it goes, another thing that I wanted to bring to your attention was, nothing can separate you from the love of God. He forgives all your iniquities. Those sins cannot separate you from the love of God if you handle it the right way. And really, folks, 1 John 1, 9 is for the church. That's for the believer. You know, when you come to God, uh, you know, when you come to God and you're going to give your heart and life to Him, you, you don't come and name everything that you, every sin you've committed, do you? I wouldn't even know how to think of all of them. Nobody else would because we live a life full of it. And so he at that time cleanses us of all unrighteousness. And then after that, when we come into the kingdom, he gives us the key to staying free and cleansed. And that is each time that there is something in our life, a sin, something that we do that we commit, then we can go before the Lord and confess that and He forgives us. So that is something that we live by. It's not something that you just do one time. You know, many times you do it every day and many times a day. You know, it's just according what's going on. You know, sometimes you find yourself in a test 
you know, that's stronger than other times, if you know where, what I mean. And, you know, I, I, sometimes I'll be out driving and it's like I'll get a little aggressive. Get out of my... No, you don't do that, do you? <laughs> Whatever. And I just, I just feel the Holy Spirit saying, is that really the way to act? Is that really the way? I mean, what if they knew who you were and they knew what you did? Well, see, it's like I would be ashamed. And so I'll just say, Lord, forgive me. See, that's one thing about, that's one thing about receiving forgiveness is you don't have to wait till you get to your prayer closet. I, I tell you a lot of times that the Holy Spirit, and I, I, want to, I want to keep my spirit sensitized, sensitive. And just, I don't care if it's major or minor, I want to be sensitive to I just don't run over that. Amen? That's very important to do that. So in John 8, 31 and 32, let's just turn there and look at that. These truths that we're looking at tonight, these benefits, you know, uh, they're for us when we become a believer and as we're on our faith journey. So it happens in the beginning and then as we're on our way to our journey. Now listen to this. Then said Jesus to those Jews, verse 31 and 32 of John 8, He said unto the Jews which believed on him, If you continue or abide in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And so if we're going to be disciples, then we have to be in the word of God. And not just, you know, a little trickle here and a little trickle there. It, it, it really tells us that we have to abide or we have to live or we have to be steady uh, in this way in the word of God. And then he says, when you abide or you live and continue in my word, he says, you, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And the truth, knowing that truth, practicing that truth, is what gives you freedom in your life. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, help you to maintain your freedom. That's what will happen. And see, that, that again goes back to the idea of continuance, not just beginning a journey, but continuing that journey, that faith journey. Amen? And so we can see here then that God gives us this benefit of salvation, and He gives us uh, of salvation and forgiveness, and we can receive that through knowing the truth and allowing that truth to make us free. It's amazing when you get into the scriptures and when you allow it to be a part of your life, it's amazing to me how things just begin to fall off. You've got these habits. You've got, um, you know, personality quirks or whatever. And you get into the Word and you begin to look into the mirror. That's what the Bible says the Word is. You look into the mirror and you don't see... You see, God doesn't want you to see you as you are. He wants you to see you, to see yourself as the redeemed child of God. And if you'll look into the book and look into the Word, you'll begin to see yourself the way He sees you. Not as that stinking nasty person 
that used to be that you're still seeing yourself as because God doesn't see that anymore. He removes your sin as far as the east is from the west. In other words, it's not going to be seen again or known again. And if you bring it up to God, he'll just say, what are you talking about? Now, will the devil bring it up to you? And will friends and family bring it up to you? Yeah, probably so. But God won't. Amen? Amen. All right, so... The second benefit that I want to talk to you tonight about is the benefit of provision. And as we see, you know, forget not all of his benefits that we read over there in Psalms 103. And one of the benefits is he provides for us. Can you say provision? Provision. As I began to think about the scripture, I began to remember how Elijah uh, was told to go by the brook. And he said, you know, God said, you go by there and you stay at the brook and I'm going to send ravens to feed you. And so Elijah was obedient and God provided. You see, God wants to provide for us, but I'm going to tell you many times he can't provide because we're not obedient. We haven't done what he's told us to do. There are things in our life and we need to go back to that place and we need to get obedient If Elijah hadn't gone to the brook, if God had said, Elijah, you go to the brook and I'm going to cause the ravens. Well, you know, I like it over here. You know, I don't like that brook. I I like this little river over here, you know, or this little stream over here. Do you think that God would have brought the ravens? No, you got to obey God. It's just like you remember Abraham. And you remember how God provided for Abraham? But Abraham, again, had to be obedient, and he had to leave the place where he was. He had to leave his family, and he had to go and get obedient to God. And then when he did, what happened? Provision came. And so God wants to bring provision. I really don't, that's not really where I was going to zero in, but I think it is worth saying, you know, you need to be obedient to receive God's provision. You remember Jacob? He prospered in a time of famine. That should give us heart today, the time that we're living in. If you buy into what you're being told on the evening news every night, if that is what you keep before you and that is the mirror that you're looking into, guess what? That's what you're going to receive and that's the the way uh, it's going to happen in your life. But I don't want to receive that. Do you? Even in a time of famine, in a time of lack, in a time of difficulty. See, I'm not like an ostrich and I'm not going to bury my head and say, you know, that these things are not going on. Oh yeah, they're going on and it's real. And it's even prophesied that a lot of this stuff would happen. But you are in the world, but you are not of the world. And just like the children of Israel, when they were in the land of Egypt, all the, you know, the curses came to Egypt, the locusts and, you know, the the plagues and all those things came in. But God made a difference between the believers and the non-believers. And so we need to believe what God said. We need to believe. 
that he is the provider for us. You know, we read in, in the book of Genesis and, and, and with Abraham, I believe it was, and, and God began to, uh, uh, to speak to Abraham, and Abraham began to call God Jehovah-Jireh. You know what that means? The Lord will provide. We need to be calling on Jehovah Jireh in the day that we live and say, I don't know how it's coming. I don't know when it's coming, but Jehovah Jireh will provide. And see, we need to believe that. He will provide. He will provide for you financially. He will provide for you materially. He will provide for you emotionally. He will provide for you whatever you need. Actually, when he spoke that to Abraham, if you remember, he was getting ready to put Isaac upon the altar. You remember that? And, and Isaac said, hey, Dad, what are we going to do for the lamb? And, and, and Abraham had such faith. He, he wasn't going to sacrifice his son. He knew if he had to, though, that God would raise him up. But he knew that God would provide. And that's when he said, Jehovah Jireh. And see, we need to have faith in our hearts tonight. In the midst of famine, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of economic upheaval, you know, we need to believe that God is Jehovah-Jireh in our life. Can you say amen? amen? He is our provider. You know, I, I even, I like this, that when I read in the Old Testament, and, and I, I began to read about the children of Israel when they were in Egypt, and, and one scripture says that it was dark in Egypt. There was darkness all around, but there was light in Goshen. I'm telling you, the kingdom of God is Goshen to me and you. And there is darkness and there is evil and there is perversion all around us. But in the middle of it, God's people can still live in Goshen. We don't have to take on that perversion and that evil and the dirt of this world. We don't have to live that way. And we shouldn't be living that way. There are too many people in the church with one foot in the world and one over here in the church. God says, I'll spew you out. I'll vomit you up. You got to get hot or cold. And I choose to be on fire for God. I'm not going to be lukewarm. I'm not going to be dead. You can have passion about Jesus Christ. You can have passion about your faith. You can have passion about the Word of God. You don't have to be dead. I spent a few years living my Christian walk that way, but a lot of it was out of ignorance. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. But thank God when you get the knowledge, you don't have to live that way anymore. Some of you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to experience the fire of the Holy Spirit that I'm talking about here tonight. That's a step of obedience, and you just need to do it. It's not for the special ones. It's not just for this one. It's for every believer in Christ because it equips you and it empowers you. We don't have to be dead, and I'm not going to be dead. I can be in the middle of dead and I'm going to be alive in Christ. Praise the Lord. (laughs) 
So God is our provider. Let's look in the book of Luke. We're going to look over here at Luke 5. Now, this is a real good story for us to look about, you know, to look at when we're talking about the benefit of provision. Down here in, um, let's see, verse number four. Let's start reading there. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net brake. And they had to beckon their partners to come. Help us get this out. Now, I want to tell you, this is, I want you to see yourself here. You may have been out here on the lake toiling day and night trying to make something happen and nothing is happening. But God has a, a provision for you that he wants to get to you just like he did Simon Peter. And at thy word, Lord, I will let down the net. I've sown seed. I've confessed the word. I try to do what I need to do. And Jesus said, all you need to do is put the net down on the other side. See, at thy word, I will let down the net. And so I'm telling you, let God give you a word. He may be giving you a word tonight. And you've got to let the net down in a different location and just switch. And it's going to be a boat sinking load that God gives to you. And you may be this close. But if you forget the benefit of provision that God gives and you start looking into that mirror and you start seeing yourself the way the world tells you to see yourself, the way, you know, the, uh, the 6 o'clock news is telling you to see yourself, and you buy into that, you're not going to drop your net on the other side. But see, when Peter was in a place and he had been fishing, the Bible said, listen, all night... In other words, can you imagine, you know, if you're struggling to make something happen and you've been working at it, working at it and work, you know, you're worn out. Some of you are worn out. And God says, listen to my word and it may be coming forth tonight. And You drop down the net and I'll give you the provision. Now, it's been said, I've said it many times, and I've heard lots of other people. You just may be one prayer away from your breakthrough. And you know what? I found that the devil just puts on the pressure. You know, he just more and more pressure as he sees the victory or the breakthrough going to happen. So you can't fall for that trick. And that's what it is. Amen. So we have to launch out. Many times we have to launch out. In other words, you know, Peter could have sat there in the same spot over and over and hour after hour. But God said, launch out. 
and you got to launch out. There are times that you have to launch out. You got to do something by faith. You remember in the Old Testament, you know, the lepers that were sitting there after, you know, the city had been taken. Why sit we here till we die? And you got to ask yourself sometimes. You know, we just get passive in our faith. And God doesn't want us passive. He wants us to be active. And we have to launch out. And when we launch out, God will meet us there. Amen? We've got to set some things in motion. There's got to be some movement to take place in our life. 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish and pray above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. The first thing, listen, this is elementary here. You've got to believe that God wants you to prosper. I've heard, you know, since I was a child that God, you know, uh, uh, the poor, you know, uh, God wants you to be poor. And if you have anything, uh, you know, then that's not pleasing to the Lord. But the only problem with that is that's man's way inspired from the pit of hell because if he can keep us in poverty he can keep the gospel from being preached amen but so we have to learn that God wants to prosper us oh well I know it I know God wants well what are you doing about it are you believing anything are you acting on anything I'm getting mean. <laughs> so we've got to understand that prosperity, God takes pleasure in the prosperity of His servants. Are you a servant of God? Okay, then He takes pleasure and is pleased when we prosper and have prosperity in our life. In other words, if you think about that, then that would mean if we're not prospering, I believe he's not pleased with that. I believe he's not pleased with it. Now, I know that there's circumstances that happen. The thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy, and he'll destroy us financially. He'll take everything that we have. I know that things happen. I know that they do. But you know, even in the midst of lack, we need to believe God and please the Lord. Because I can tell you, I know what lack is. I know, you know, not having everything you need. You know, you can look and, well, you know, just look around here. You know, this church is prosperous. And, you know, where were you 32 years ago? when it wasn't looking so good and where we didn't know how we were going to do what God had called us to do. We didn't have the congregation and the people that we needed. We didn't have the finances. We didn't have the resources. We didn't have anybody, you know, to come in, any denomination or any ministry to come in and say, I believe in them. There was nobody there like that. But you know what we did? We believed God was Jehovah Jireh and the Lord would provide. And we launched out and there were times we had to put the net over here and we had to put the net up here and we had to put the net over here. But we did. And we're here tonight because of the faithfulness of God. 
And we believed what he said. And when he said this benefit of provision could be ours, then we just flat believed it. And it takes guts sometimes to believe the Word of God. Any wimp can give up and just say, I guess it doesn't work. What makes you different than someone else? What makes you stand out in your family? What makes you stand out in your workplace? Because you dare to believe that God is who He says He is and He will do what He says He will do. Yeah, we're peculiar. <laughs> you got that right. We are peculiar. I didn't say we we're ridiculous. I said we're peculiar. Amen. John 10, 10, I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Don't you like that overflowing life? That's the kind of provision that God wants to give us. Not a little dabble, do you? Just give me enough, Lord, to barely get by. I'll be happy, Lord. That reminds me of that little cabin in the corner of glory land that we used to sing about. How ridiculous. If God can give you a dab, he can give you an overflow. <laughs> oh, So he wants to cause an overflowing in our life. And how many of you know, once it comes out over the top, it's not in the vessel anymore. It's out and it's going forth, and it's going to touch other things around it, right? And so God wants to give an overflow of provision to us to where it's not just for us, it's for others. Just like Abraham, he was blessed not to consume it upon himself, but he was blessed to be a blessing. Did he get to enjoy it? Yes. But it wasn't just all for him. And see, I think sometimes when we buy into this poverty vow thing, we're selfish because we don't understand understand the overflow that God wants to happen. In the New Living Translation, it says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The Message Bible says, I came so they can have real and eternal life and a better life than they ever dreamed of. Now think about that. If you can dream it, he'll do better than that. It's amazing, isn't it? There's something that we have to remember, folks. We can be our own worst enemy. And the scripture in the book of Proverbs says, you know, if, you've, if you thought evil, put your hand upon your mouth. Now, what's he telling us with that? We can be our own enemy, and the things that the enemy comes to plant as thoughts in our minds, the fear that, that our minds produce, the fear thoughts, the circumstances that are around us that are painted, and we begin, to, we begin to see that, then we begin to think it, and then what's the next thing that happens? We begin to speak it out of our mouth. And he said, if you have thought evil, get your hand over your mouth before you can get it out. Now, Oh, is he talking about evil wickedness in the earth? Well, he could be. I don't know. But I, I don't think that's all. Because you remember this, the ten spies? They brought back what? What did the Bible say they brought back? 
an evil report. What was evil about it? It was evil because they were speaking things that was the direct opposite of what God had said. He said, go over there, spy it out, and see the land that I have given you. It belongs to you. It is yours. So you just go over there. And so they did. But what all they could see were the giants. You know, and he said, we're like, you know, the spy said, we're like grasshoppers before them. We're like grasshoppers in their eyes. Well, that's what they spoke out. And God said, before you start speaking that about yourself and about your provision and about your benefits, get your hand and slap it over your mouth and don't let it out. So that tells us there that speaking things forth, life and death are what? In the power of your tongue. Your tongue is powerful. James says it can set on fire the course of nature. It can, it can cause a roaring fire in relationships, in a marriage, because we spew off and say things that we shouldn't say. If you are thinking those evil thoughts about your spouse, get your hand upon your mouth and don't let it out. Amen? <laughs> I do that. So remembering your benefits and making sure that you recognize and realize it, don't forget them, keeping it before them. That's just two tonight that, um, that I wanted to talk about. And again, I'll come back at some point in time and share the other things. But I, I've got a word for you tonight. In the time that we're living in, it is a time for you to attack your lack. It is time for you to attack your lack. Well, what are you going to do? Are you going to go home and get your gun out of the closet? Are you going to go and get, uh, you know, uh, some other kind of weaponry? No, what you're going to do, the way that you're going to attack your lack is you're going to remember your benefits. You're going to remember your provider. You're going to put your hand over your mouth so that you're not speaking out every evil report that the enemy or your eyes see you know, or any of that, and you're going to begin to speak out about Jehovah Jireh, God's pleasure in your prosperity, that He wants you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, some people get snared up there because their soul's not prospering because they're not feeding their spirit, they're not communing with God, they're not fellowshipping with the saints, they're not coming to church, and so therefore they're sabotaging. They're sabotaging their prosperity. But he wants you to prosper. He wants you to. So you attack your lack. And don't let it attack you. Turn the battle to the gate. You know what I'm talking about? The gate is the place where Satan sets up an authority. You turn the battle to the gate, and you're going to have to use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, to attack that lack. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. 
we'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.